Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney over there, Steve. Hey, hey. And today we are talking another epic sword and soul fantasy adventure from Milton Davis. Uh, this one is Woman of the Woods. Uh, he's pretty new as the first audio book released by MV Media. Second. Oh, second? I thought this Fallen. was the first one. Oh, Fallen. Fallen. The first one. All right, second. My my bad. With uh, many more to come. With many as, more to come, As yeah. we speak, Neji, Milton's first novel, is um, under contract for, for an audio um, version. Not just any Meji. Meji Special Edition. Well, I mean, that's Meji and Meji 2. Yeah, I think I think didn't he uh, add some stuff to it too though? Did I don't rewrite. I I do know that that originally he wanted it to be one book, and ended up publishing it as two, and okay. then and then uh, then re- fairly recently, I think last year, um, just put the two together to make the special edition. Gotcha, gotcha. Now. Full disclosure, MV Media did supply us with uh, codes to redeem for free copies of Woman of the Woods for review purposes. So, thank you. Yep. Thank you, MV Media, and this is the review. That's right. Uh, I did make an announcement for last week's episode that uh, MV Media is giving away codes for review purposes uh if you guys would like to check it out uh you do need to leave a review that's pretty easy so just uh hit up info at mvmediaatl.com and it's first come first serve yes uh especially any listeners over there in the uk uh Definitely, definitely got uh, sitting on some codes for that. So, info at mvmediaatl.com. All right. So, Woman of the Woods is uh, a story in three parts covering a, a pretty good swath of history. It's also set in the world of his first novel, Meiji. Uh, and we get to see the the rise of a woman named Sabatina, who is a natural-born monster hunter, the daughter of... Uh, the forbidden daughter of a monster hunter, priestess, uh, warrior, and, religious type, and a monster hunter warrior. Right. It's a lot of monster hunting. Yes. Well, you know, that's that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. And we see her being born. We see her grow up and uncovering her her powers. You know, she's stronger. She's faster. Um. She has special. She senses emotions. She can sense presences. 
and she's just naturally gifted as a warrior to fight uh, the Nyoka, which are like monsters. Best I can tell is they're kind of like goblins. They are the um, the transformed uh, creatures of of um, the main antagonist an evil god so it's i mean he takes great pains to let you know that this this entity uh cannot create but can only alter things right so it's it's almost kind of like the way the orcs in uh um lord of the rings were our transformed elves Mm kind of like the same the same concept without, without right. uh, European uh, point of view and everything that entails. Right, right. It also has that kind of uh, maybe oh, Zoroastri- Zoroastrian type of thing where there is the creator god and then there's the like a demiurge who cannot create only change. Yeah, I'll take your word for that. Okay. <laughs> As usual, I mean, almost sounds like a broken record whenever we review Milton Davis's work because there there isn't a bad one in the bunch, and this is just yet another fantastic Milton Davis book. Um, it doesn't have some of the humorous elements of, say, uh, the Omari Kett books or some of his other work. It's pretty straight, uh, very melodramatic, but uh, still the same same quality, still the same fluid pro- prose that, that you always find. It's... I can't tell if you're. No, I'm. I'm here. It's constant motion. Network issues today. Constant motion. Uh, it is a a bit more um, high fantasy mm-hmm. than um, I'm used to uh, from Milton. Um, you know, normally Milton stay shies away from such big good versus evil kind of things. But I mean there is definitely a twist on the good versus evil narrative. It's not c- completely like a your typical um we have to stop the evil guys quest, which you find in a lot of high fantasy. Uh but it does have that underlying uh just basis of you know there's a bad thing and it's a really powerful bad thing and the protagonists have to stop the really powerful bad thing mm. um but there i and i don't want to give any of it away but there's there are some twists in there uh and some of the themes are a little go a little bit beyond um that that kind of um straightforward like good versus evil narrative yeah i mean it also has a lot of the the other themes of high fantasy things like destiny yeah 
Um, there, there is a strong uh, sense of family, as as Sabatina is is a a textbook high fantasy protagonist. In, in that, you know, she's she is not who she thinks she is. Well, and she's chosen, and chosen. <laughs> she she's not at a blessed. She's chosen, right? <laughs> You know, and there's always that 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 aspect of of fantasy where you know, you're just kind of minding your own business, and then it's like, "Hi, I'm supremely powerful cosmic being. I pick you, like like Pokemon yeah. or something." He's like, "Sabatina, I choose you." It's like, what the fuck? Not me. Well, it's a little bit more subtle than that, but yeah, basically. The thing I liked about this, as opposed to like a sort of Shannara or a um, uh, um, God damn it, thing that everybody likes but or loves to hate, Wheel of Time. There you Wheel go. of Time uh, is that whereas those have very clear, you're evil, you're not evil, and and there is defined evil in this. The instruments of that the evil being uses are not quite as evil as one is led to believe. And the whole plot of the narrative revolves around uh, an injustice done by the supposed good guys. Right. Um, and how that injustice is eventually rectified. Re- very large. <laughs> Right, right. Well, writ very large, but still, I mean, you know, it's not often that you see the good guys being the source of the evil. It's just usually evil. Here I am. How you doing? I'm going to kill everything in the world just because I'm evil. Not, you know, I'm evil because of something these guys did that was really fucked up. Right. And you don't see that often, and so that makes it kind of refreshing in this particular story. Well, right. You don't get a lot of uh, shades of gray in in in, in the high fantasy subgenre. Right, right. Uh, White hats, black hats. And neutrals. Right. But... But you know the, the in in this the white hats may have a uh, a black bow tie. <laughs> Everybody's wearing a gray hat, and then the black hats have you know white white uh, spurs. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about let's talk about um, the version of the book that we we consumed. The audiobook. Uh, the narrator is a lady by the name of Darla Middlebrook. Uh, she does a great job of uh, narrating, capturing the characters. Uh, she she tries very hard to give each character an individual voice, which is always good when you're listening to an audiobook. Yes, that's not especially one that's like a single narrator. Oh, especially one where. Uh, you have a lot of unfamiliar names. Yes. 
So you have the cue of a, a different voice to help you uh, discern who's doing what in terms of uh, talking and action. Right. That helps a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one of the problems that I have with audiobooks and audio is that I don't consume them as you're supposed to. <laughs> Generally, things what, like... Do you, like, inject them? You're not supposed to do that, man. That, yeah, I just mainline them. Government, government warning. Yeah, just, like, tape a speaker directly to my head like this. Um, no, most people, they read audiobooks as they're doing other things while they're out to taking the dog for a walk or driving in, you know, to jobs and things like that. I know that you... That's generally how you do audiobooks is you do it in traffic. That's, yeah, I spend a lot of time living in the Boston area. I spend a lot of time in traffic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I consume a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't drive a lot. Um, and things I do, even like around the house and stuff, generally involve like, focus or talking or something like that so I, it's like i can't do it while i'm trying to do something else i have to sit there and listen and that for me it does it doesn't really work that well for me i don't absorb as much of the content as it would be if i was reading it uh, versus just sitting there and, and the second thing is is that while the finished product is recorded very well, I could not listen to it in my headphones. Uh, my headphones are, you know, I bought them for recording this podcast, editing and whatnot. And they're really sensitive. And I could hear Miss Middlebrook licking her lips in the audio. And it's it's a ASMR effect for me, and except the opposite. I don't know. ASMR is pretty heebie jeebie anyway, so right, I'd say right. it's right about right on. <laughs> but um, fortunately, I did not have that problem. Thank, oh, once I took the headphones <laughs> off and put them on speakers, I was fine. But you know, as long as I was wearing headphones, that that distracted me. I find that audiobooks um, are hard to not absorb. Um, I have the opposite. If I'm listening to an audiobook, sometimes my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. It does it when I'm reading, too. But when I'm reading, I can stop and go back and reread something that I didn't comprehend because my mind was drifting. With audiobooks, it's a little bit harder because you have to hit the back button for who knows how long. Right, right. <laughs> um, Five, ten seconds at a time. Right. So, well, it's like 30, but whatever. So, t- to me, audio audiobooks, I have to be in the right frame of mind to listen, or I, I, or I just can't. Um, and then I... And, Normally, that's not a huge issue because I'm driving around. Um, 
but there's a lot less driving these days. Right. Um, as for those of you in, in the future, if we survive all of this crap, uh, this is in the middle of the quarantine for Corona. Right. So, well, a lot less driving. Um, so I'm, I'm generally listening, listening when I'm doing other things, which like you said, uh, takes my focus off of what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that being said, for an audiobook, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say very good, professionally done. Yeah, um, she does a good job. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I mean, it is, it is, you know, through Amazon, which uses volunteer readers, I believe, and there are contracts and negotiations and, and oh, I don't know anything about the business side of it. Yeah, yeah. Wh- whoever did the whoever produced it did a really good job producing right. it. Except for the lip smacking. No <laughs> fuck you. I have like a, one of those bison whistles, I guess. So only Rodney can hear smacking my lips with his with his uh, Kryptonian headphones. <laughs> well, I, I the okay. So all production aside, mm-hmm. and both of us have read uh, our fair share of, of Milton's fiction. At first, um, I was actually wondering why. Why does Milton have three different? Uh, sword and soul worlds that he creates in. He's got other worlds in that, but he, there's uh, Kikanga. Mm-hmm. There's the world of Changa. Yeah. And then there's this. And why these three separate worlds? Well, putting having this along with uh, Meji, mm-hmm. it makes sense because this is like the epic fantasy world. Right. This this is where the big deeds happen, whereas like Key Congas where like um, Omari Kent uh, f- fights, you know, things from the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- that's like the uh, the the Hyboria Hi- world, and <clears throat> the um, the Chanda is is a lot more historically accurate, right. It's our world dialed up a little bit, right? So, and it ma- it makes sense that he, that you would have a um, you know the the writ large world separate from you know the the Conan esque world, right? Right, and that's a, that's a good idea if you're going to be a writer because not only does he have you know these these worlds, he also has steampunk world. Diesel punk world, and coming up very soon, a couple of uh, cyberpunk worlds, and more coming all the time. He's like, there is a multiverse inside Milton David's head, and somehow he's manages to keep them all straight. They all feel different, like Woman of the Woods. Feels a lot different than Kikanga. Feels a lot different than than Changa. 
uh, and yeah, you know, so you have to you have to give him a lot of credit as a writer for that, simply for being able to balance all these worlds and making them all different. Yeah. I, I I agree, and and that's particularly special when one of our biggest compliments to Milton Davis is usually that his the world that he creates within a particular story or a particular novel is always vibrant, uh, always realistic, and to to keep that same kind of quality control when jumping between. Well, realistic in terms of believable. Right. <laughs> you know what I meant. Well, you know I, what mean, I meant. They know what I meant. I'm just just keeping you out of, out of hot water. <laughs> Trust me. I can get my own self into hot water very easily. Thank you. So, that... You just have to check this out. It is yet another top-notch book from MV Media. Yeah, I would say um, definitely check it out. Um, you can go to Audible. Uh, it, you know, obviously, if you're willing to write a review and there are still um, codes left, you can get it that way. But if not, you can go to Audible and download it. Um, it's also available through Amazon, and I want to say Apple, but I might be lying about the Apple part. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it's also available as a physical book, if you prefer that particular method. What? Nobody does that anymore. Yep, it is available on Apple, on iTunes or whatever. Nice. Just like Microphones of Madness. That's right. So yeah, definitely check it out. Get yourself a copy, physical, audio. Uh, get get psychic copies beamed directly into your brain. I'm sure they'll like, figure uh, that out soon. That's right. And, yeah, so... Oh, go ahead. I mean, really, the thing is, if you like high fantasy... Um, if you, if you are, I won't say sick of, but if you like alternate, um, alternate just, uh, worlds, then, then medievalish Europe, because, mm. because really that's the, that, that's the big thing, um, about this book is that it's not medievalish Europe. So it's 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 an alternative to that. Uh, it's a different mythology, and and it's got um, a completely different like ethos about it than your and you know the the equivalent in a in in you know straight um, high fantasy, I guess. Mm -hmm. well, for lack of a better generic high fantasy. Yeah, I. I I would definitely agree that there's a different kind of ethos. It's, there, it's, it's written with an entirely different kind of philosophy to it. I mean, it's always the medieval European fantasy world is, is oh, 
Why do I have to be stuck on this farm? Oh, I should be adventuring. You know, you don't, you don't get yeah. that. You don't get that in this story. Yeah, I just want to go to Tashi Station. Tashi Station. You know, Milton's characters aren't those protagonists. Uh, it's you heard it here, folks. It's a, it's a world premiere of Rodney complaining about Star Wars. It'll never happen again, but you heard it here. Yep. But unlike your Luke Skywalkers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, Sabatina is is happy. Well, I mean, she was she was different, yeah. um, and she didn't know why until she was told why. Right. But yeah, she. I mean, I think you had to. And because it is high fantasy and because she is going to take the hero's journey, uh, she needs to be singled out somehow. Right. And it wasn't like uh, um, her parents were serving her blue milk and, and, you know, not letting her go to Tashi Station. So there had to be something that set her apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she preferred hunting to farming, and she was independent and didn't want to get married. And, and oh, there was the thing about being psychically connected to lions. <laughs> Two in particular. But, um, <laughs> yeah. However, you know, there was the, the, the reveal that she was adopted was, was a bit interesting because it didn't just go... You know, with the with the reveals, like, oh, you were not, you know, our child. It was, well, I I don't want to spoil it because it's one of the biggest moments of the book, and Milton handled that kind of reveal so so well because the reveal well, we knew the what 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 the truth is as the reader. Exactly, it was a reveal, not re- not a reveal, right? <laughs> really, really, not really. Uh, well, the because, reveal yes. to the character. Right. Because you, like one of the first things that happens in this part of the story, which is the bulk of the story, is um, her mother gives her up to to the farming couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn a lot about, well, enough about her mom's backstory that, that marks her as different. And we know going in, she's different. But she has to know she's different as well. So, you know, you get the hunting. Why Why am I so different, Daddy? Well, you're not our daughter, but you are our daughter. And, and that is the thing about her parents were, as far as they were concerned, even though they were basically paid off to take her. Right. Um, as far as they were concerned, she was their daughter. Right. And they loved her and... You know, that was you know but the the way the way he handled that revelation for the character though was really interesting because Sabatina misconstrued the big reveal yes and, and assumed something else yeah so see there you go there's your comedy there's yeah. definitely comedy that was, that was I would say that was like the moment of the book and it's it's not just comedy but it was also a what I would say one of the bigger moments of tension and one of the more 
emotion packed moments too. Well, yes. Well, I mean, think about it. She's like a what, like 12, 13 year old girl. Yep. Uh, maybe even 10 at the time when that reveal happened. Right. And she's basically told, uh, your father's not your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what she was told. She wasn't told. Right. Exactly. She, the, your father's not your father. And her mind went where I'm sure everybody's mind is going right now. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so there you have it ladies and gentlemen woman of the woods by milton davis published by mv media available every what possible way you can get it you can get it as an ebook you can get it as a hard copy you can get it as an audiobook you can get it as a suppository oh come on now (laughs) well you said every possible way yeah, but you had to take it there. I apologize on behalf of Steve Milk because I know you actually that's, listened that's to it. That's my job. I'm not apologizing. That was damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely check it out. Grab yourself a copy. Uh, you will not be disappointed. That's your ad if you act now and get it on Audible. You will get to keep 30 luck points. Absolutely. We'll see you next time.